to the green dress. Iconic. Greta, just like, stop. Hillary just has really good chemistry with black men. You come to a seafood restaurant or and order chicken? chicken? <laughs> Yannicka, baby. She said, well, why can't they hire a real actress? Hey, Team Duff, it's Wit. Thanks so much for listening to Duff Enough, the ultimate Hillary Duff fan podcast. This show is a celebration of the life and career of actress, singer, mother, and all-around icon, Hillary Duff. And welcoming back to the show from Hillary News, it is Avery Harris. Hey, Avery, welcome back to Deaf Enough. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be back. And I really wanted to have a hardcore fan for this episode because I know for the hardcore fans, this is an important topic. It is according to Greta. Yes. We love this movie. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our silver screen queen. It's time for Block Duffster. Just to talk about where this falls in the Hillary timeline of things. So Hillary had done all of these blockbuster films there for a minute in the early 2000s. And then she went through this phase where she decided to do independent movies, which it was a really cool phase. I love a good indie flick. But according to Greta is, of course, the standout for sure. It is. Most of And just some stats here about the movie. It actually was released. It had a limited release in the U.S. finally on December 11th, 2009. I remember hearing about it much sooner than that. Like, I feel like it was years that we waited for this movie to come out. Probably about two years, I believe, right? Yeah, I think she did it when she was around 20 or it was kind of after Dignity. Mm -hmm. It was shot actually in the fall of 2007. I see here I wrote down. And then they did some reshoots in the spring of 2008 It was quite a wait, and I remember being really excited when I first heard about the movie. It seemed a little edgier for her, and it just definitely piqued my interest, for sure. Also, I'm sure you remember it was originally just called Greta, and then (laughs) became According to Greta. It was released in the UK as Surviving Summer. Another fun fact here, it's actually now her highest-rated film on Rotten Tomatoes at 60% fresh. Oh my god, her scores are horrible. I know, I know, bless. But I'm happy that this is the number, at least this is the highest now, because I hope more people will check it out. And by the way, we will be doing a Remember When segment later to kind of touch on some of her other indie movies, but this is the one that I wanted to dive deep into here. So checking out the cast, we have Hillary as Greta, We have Ellen Burstyn as Catherine O'Donnell. Ellen Burstyn, iconic film actress, Academy Award winner, known for The Exorcist. Yes. Michael Murphy as Joseph O'Donnell. Melissa Leo as Karen O'Donnell, who is Greta's mom, also an Academy Award winner. She hadn't won her Oscar before this movie came out. And I remember whenever, so she won for The Fighter, I think it was like 2011, maybe? That's right. And I remember when she started getting Oscar buzz for that, I was like, oh my goodness, this woman played Hillary Duff's mom like, right. in according to Greta. Um she's also an Emmy winner and then Evan Ross as Julie Robinson, Diana Ross's son and now married to Ashley Simpson. But yeah, so before we jump into the storyline and everything, I mean, what do you remember like the first time you saw this movie? I remember that I bought the DVD at Target, took it home, watched it in my bedroom and just I loved it. Well, if you remember correctly, this movie leaked on the internet around actually Thanksgiving time, if I'm not mistaken. So I watched it and I was just blown away by Hillary's performance. As a hardcore fan, it's things we notice that really sometimes help or hurt her film performances. And 
this one, I think she was just firing on all cylinders in the right direction, and it really helped her performance. Like, there's certain things she does with her walk that help. Certain things she does with her voice that help. Like, this is really an incredible movie. The cast around her props her up and elevates her. And I think everybody does a really good job. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of her best performances, hands down. It was a departure from Disney, but it was just enough to where it was like, okay, look at Hilary Duff becoming an adult. I love it. Yeah, doing something new and actually, you know, showing a new side of her. Because no matter what, Hilary is, to me, an actress first. Because that's what we know her for. Right. And I love it when she excels at acting. I love, oh my God, I cannot talk about this movie enough. And we'll jump into the movie here now. And just the overall um, plot is about a young girl, a 17-year-old girl, who she's intending on killing herself before she turns 18. And we kind of see that she's very dramatic, and she has this summer where she spends it with her grandparents and kind of has a change of heart there. So that's kind of how this is going to go down. But at the beginning of the film, we actually see Greta on a bus, and we hear narration from Hillary. We also see this animation that is used throughout the film for the opening credits, and we see this notebook, and that kind of relates to a notebook that Greta keeps um, that we'll talk about. But we learn that Greta's mom has sent her to New Jersey. She's going to a place called Ocean Grove to uh, stay with her grandparents. And right away, we also find out that she has suicidal thoughts, but she's very sarcastic. And, you know, this is like, this is some deep stuff for sure. Mm -hmm. She says in her narration, if she wasn't around, it would solve everyone's problems. Her mom is like a serial wife. Like she's on husband, technically number three, but Greta's like husband number nine. And I made a note that Hillary in the credits, we see that Hillary is an executive producer on this film. So props to her. And then we meet Gramps and Grams when she gets off the bus. And one of the first things that I notice, like, once we see Hillary, like, the outfit choices here are very different for her. She's brunette in this movie, which was a nice change there. And this was kind of, like I was saying, post-dignity. But when her grandparents pick her up and, like, take her back to their house, we see this moment where they're in the car and they have this conversation. And she's telling her grandparents about how she does have this plan. She's going to kill herself before she turns 18. And we see her notebook And it's got a list of ways to die. And then she also has a bucket list, too. And she says on the bucket list she's going to eat a bug, get in a fist fight with a grown man, get a tattoo. Notice that it says lose her virginity on there, uh, which will come into play later. But, I mean, what are your thoughts on Greta as a character? Because I feel like she's kind of a good girl who wants to be bad. Like, obviously, she's coming from a place of privilege to an extent. And she's just kind of this rebellious teen in my opinion. And she has some, you know, heavy stuff in her past that we'll learn about. I just assumed that her problems stem mostly from her parents because she never, to me, probably felt loved. So that's where all her issues come from. That's the one thing I really took away from the character. Like, she's crying out for attention and nobody's really paying attention to her until she gets sent off to her grandparents and they actually show her love. So I feel like that's where all her problems stem from. I agree. I mean, the grandfather even says later in the movie, like, this girl needs to be loved. We also find out that the mom had some drug problems in her past, too. So definitely not a great home life for Greta. She doesn't love the stepdad, the current stepdad. But, you know, her grandparents really aren't sure what to think of her in this moment. And her grandmother's kind of like, Greta, just, like, stop. Right. 
So we got to talk about the neighbor that Greta meets when she first gets to her grandparents' house. Oh, my gosh. And her name is Miss Wachesky. And this woman, her blue hair, I think the dog even had, like, a tint of blue in its fur. But this woman was cracking me up. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I just love, like, Hillary's comedy here. And the neighbor is hard of hearing. And Greta, like, goes over to her. And she whispers. And the woman's like, what are you saying? And I think she even turns up her hearing aid a little bit. And then Greta yells at her. (laughs) But even though this is more of a serious film, like, I love the comedic moments like that that it has. Because there are tons of them. A lot of which is... On Hillary, I mean, the way that she delivers these lines, right. the sarcasm in her voice, her whole attitude is something we've never seen from her. So now Graham's kind of lays down the law for Greta here. And she's like, Greta, if you want money, you've got to get a job. There's a 10 p.m. curfew. Don't go outside city limits. And then Greta just backfires and is like, here's how this is going to work. I go where I want, when I want, with who I want. That's how it works with Karen, her mom. And that's how it's going to work here. And I was just like, Greta, no, ma'am. Like, oh, my gosh. So never have I spoken to a grandparent that way. Oh, my goodness. We don't do that here in Tennessee. No, no. No. But again, it's kind of like Greta just has this front up about her because you can tell even at the beginning she is out of control, but it's not like we're dealing with someone who's on drugs here or anything where, you know, like you never feel like she's legitimately about to go to jail or something like that. You just feel like... She's going to get to the edge and not quite jump off. And that's almost a metaphor for, like, her suicidal moments, too. Yeah. A few things I wrote down about the house where her grandparents live. It's full of these seashell creations that her grandmother makes. They don't have cable. There's a great exchange between Greta and Grams where Greta's like, how do you survive without cable? And Graham says, oh, yeah, it's real tough, Greta. Sometimes we can't sleep at night, which is in the trailer. And I remember that because I watched this trailer so many times back in the day. So the green dress. Iconic. I know. Greta finds this green dress of her grandmother's. It reminds me of a prom dress. That's what I was literally going to just say. Like, it's a prom dress. But, like, somehow Hillary makes it work, and she works it to death. I love it. I love it. But when Grams encourages Greta to get out, she leaves the house in this green dress, and she goes to a boardwalk, and she walks into the ocean, and we know she's been contemplating suicide, and so here she goes under the water. Is she going to kill herself? Which she doesn't in this moment. But she walked into that ocean in that dress. Which later the grandmother kind of like gets on to her for doing that. But anyway. (laughs) So the next thing we see Greta do, she goes to get a waitressing job. And I love her attitude with the boss, I guess. Mm -hmm. But he's like, no, no, I'm not going to hire you. And she's like, no, you are. And I'll see you tomorrow. Um, And we also meet Julie in that moment. Because Julie tells the boss, you should just hire her. Can I just point out some of her strongest scenes? Or as a waitress, third time Hillary's, or really fourth time, Hillary's done the waitressing thing in uh, her film and TV roles. Uh, But some of her strongest scenes are in the restaurant, I think, like with the customers that she's waiting on. You really see who Greta is as a character when she's interacting with the uh, customers at the restaurant. It does remind me a little bit of Sam Montgomery because Sam gets a little sassy with Miss Queen Bee, Mean Girl, and here Greta is just completely, you know, attitude. And she's being mean, but the customers think it's funny. Yeah. We'll come back to the waitressing thing in just a second. I want to talk about this phone call that Greta has with her mom at the house. 
And it's a very robotic voice. And this is the only part in the movie where I was like, oh, ooh, this is cringe. Because I don't think that was Melissa Leo doing that recording for the voiceover. And if it was, I don't know what they did to her voice to make it sound that way. But it was weird. I'm pretty sure the voice on the call wasn't probably Melissa Leo's. But if it was, ooh. Because I, I do know what you're referring to. But Hillary, I thought, kind of just took that scene to new levels and made it work. Yeah, I agree. I wrote down that it gets very dramatic for Hillary, mm-hmm. and I do wish that the voice that they had on the phone had been a little better because it just didn't match up to what Hillary was doing. And it kind of let the, the scene down. You know, the scene could have been such a high point, but for some reason it didn't reach the point to where it should have because of that, because of that aspect. Yeah. Now back to the waitressing. So at the restaurant, she's got her hair up. She's got a smoky eye look. She wears this Jaws t-shirt. And she is so sassy. Um, And the first time we see her interact with customers, she mixes up their drinks. And she's just like, you expect me to remember who ordered what? She says, are you ready to order? They say no. And then she's like, if I leave this table, I'm not coming back for another 20 minutes. Yes. And that's when the one wife or girlfriend speaks up and is like, I'm ready. And she says, I know who wears the pants in this relationship or something. The woman orders chicken at first. And this got me because I don't particularly like seafood. I would order chicken at the seafood place. I'm the same way. I don't, I'm not a seafood person. Not to talk all about fish, but it's just like, I don't, one bite too many bites, I'm like, no, I can't do this. Yeah, because then it's that smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's not get on a tangent. I know, I know. <laughs> but she's like, you come to a seafood restaurant and order chicken? chicken? <laughs> yeah. The woman winds up ordering something different that Greta kind of talks her into. Then we get a proper introduction to Julie. Greta is leaving work. Julie's out back. And he introduces himself. And yeah, let's just talk about Evan Ross here. I love him in this movie. And I also think that, you know, it's definitely important to note that this was the first First, other than I think one episode of Lizzie McGuire where she was kind of put into an interracial relationship, this is the first time we see that for her. We get it in younger, but but yeah, I love the Julie Greta relationship in this movie. Hillary just has really good chemistry with Black Man. Her and Evan really sell these characters, and I totally bought that they were this couple. They really worked well together. I love that their relationship as a Greta and Julie. Absolutely. And nothing really happens in this moment. It really is just kind of he introduces himself and we find out that he's like a cook at the restaurant. Right. When Greta leaves work, she walks through Asbury Park, which is where her grandmother told her not to go. It looks like this sketchy place that really she shouldn't be. And she gets catcalled and she gets a little scared and she sees two men in a fist fight. And that makes her mark that off of her list because that was something on her bucket list was to get in a fight with a grown man. I feel like that scene was a little over the top, but, you know, they played it up a little bit to make it seem really scary. Cops end up bringing Greta home, and she makes her grandmother think that she did something bad, but the police just tell her, you know, she was in Asbury Park and she got a little scared. And I think that was really important for us to see because it's like, here she is acting like this tough girl, but really, she's not. Greta was not about that life. No. No. Next thing I wrote down here, Greta orders cable, says she's going to pay for it. (laughs) Grams does not want the cable, but 
it stays. And there's a funny scene later where Grams is like, don't change the channel. Yes. We found a show I actually like to watch. Greta also has to apologize to her neighbor, Miss Wojcicki. But Greta goes over there and I love the moment where she like storms out of the house and it's just these quick cut shots of like her feet and her walking and her turn and her face and it's just, it's great. Love that moment. But she goes over and she tries to scare this woman and she basically says something like, what time do you go to bed and you leave your windows open? And it's very comical. Again, the comedy here is great. She's obviously wanting to kind of intimidate and scare Miss Wachowski. We start to see Julie and Greta's relationship unfold here in a bit. And after work, Greta rides with Julie on his bike and sits on the handlebars. Like, this is just such a charming moment. I love that scene. Yeah. And when she gets on the bike, he says, you promised to be sweet, right? Because really, she has not been a sweet girl up until this moment, even to him. Yeah. And then she is. And I love it. Julie and Greta go to this warehouse and have a bit of a heart-to-heart conversation. And do you remember about his tattoo? Yes. I think this is honestly probably one of the better scenes in this movie, this scene that you're referring to. We get to the root of why Greta is the way she is and why Julie is the way he is. Yeah. He tells her that he learned to cook in prison. He tells her his tattoo is for a friend of his who died. Mm -hmm. Um, And later we find out that it was his juvie cellmate. The friend had, you know, hanged himself. So... He got into juvie because he went joyriding and apparently stole a car. And But, of course, that is, like, super attractive to Greta. And it's more than that, though. And I wrote down a quote because we get some narration after their little date night where Greta says, I like him. And I just thought that was so, like, uh, I love it. Shortly after, Greta tells her grandparents that she's going to hang with Julie. And Grams says, invite Julie to lunch. They think when they hear Julie, a girl is about to come over, obviously. But this black guy shows up, and of course, here we have this white grandma who's just like, oh, we're not selling anything. It's so realistic, but ugh. Like, Ellen is obviously a legendary actress. She's won, like, every award known to man. She's done so many iconic roles. So just to, number one, have her and Hillary in the same film, and Hillary had to hold her own as to one of the greatest American actresses of all time. And the way she does this role is so damn good. I mean, it's Ellen Burstyn. Like, she's legendary, obviously. But it's just certain moments in this film that you're like, ah, that's masterful acting. And I thought that scene was just amazing. It's the scene where... Grams has this reaction, of course, which is very stereotypical old white woman. When she finds out this is Julie, it's like, oh, of course it's Julie. And they have lunch together. And Greta really throws Julie under the bus here. And I didn't like that she did this, but she wants to kind of make Julie out to be this bad guy and make her grandparents think, ooh, look at me, you know, hanging around this guy who's been in prison. And that's literally what she tells them. She's like, he learned to cook in prison. And the grandparents, though, they really take it in stride and they have a great moment with Julie. Like, they like him. He wins them over despite this information that they've learned. And I love that so much. It didn't work, Greta. Sorry. It backfired, actually. Yeah, yeah. In several ways, because Julie was not happy that she did that. He says that he doesn't like being the punchline of her joke, 
But he also like gives in to the fact that he's attracted to her. And she's like, you want to kiss me? And he's like, yeah. And then we get this makeout scene. So the romantic relationship is now out in the open, I guess. But Julie finds her notebook at this point and he grabs it and he does not think it's cool, of course. And and I wrote down a line here because uh, Greta says, you get 16 years having a good time and then 60 running away from death. And I think that was in the trailer too. And Julie's response to that is that Greta has an extremely cynical look on life. And he tells her, you know, you need to be thankful for what you have. You are coming from a place of privilege. And he kind of calls her out, but he's not preachy about it to her. He's just trying to kind of comfort her a little bit. Now, do you remember what happens next when Greta goes back home to her grandparents' house and walks into their bedroom? Oh, my God. She sees him having sex. Uh-huh. I wrote down, ew, you never want that, especially with some grandparents. I was like, oh, my word, Greta. Right. Which, by the way, she, like, walked in there because she was really proud of herself for getting back home before curfew. But the next morning, she just, you know, goes in with some jokes and she's like, you guys look bright eyed and bushy tailed. And Mm -hmm. they just kind of escalate from there. This is the day that Greta also goes with Gramps to his boat for the first time. And they end up having a little heart to heart conversation about where Greta is at in her life. And they talk about this pill that he found. And it was like, a it's a prescription pill. And they talk about her mom. And Greta says her mom would choose Edgar, the stepfather, over her in a house fire. So clearly, Greta and her mom do not have a great relationship. And we see Gramps, like, learning more about Greta in this moment. So it's nice. Back at work, Greta's attitude has not changed at all. <laughs> her boss decides to talk to her about it. And that's when she quits, which I'm talking about Greta, like Greta was being super dramatic about this because the boss was being nice. Like she really, I think she just wanted to quit the job and it was just like, I quit. Yeah, she was over. And she used this uh, this moment as an excuse. Mm-hmm. So as she leaves and quits, though, she does tell Julie to come over that night and she gets him to climb up to her bedroom window because, you know, grandparents are in bed, I guess. And of course, the neighbor sees him climbing up. And it's just like, oh, Lord. So we know where that's going. But when he gets into her bedroom and, you know, they're kind of making out for a minute. And then Greta thinks they're going to have sex. And she gives him a condom. And he's like, nope, this is not happening. When Greta hands Julie the condom, doesn't she say something like, I got a magnum because, you know, that is kind of stereotypical, but... Hillary sells it, and I thought that that was such a... It was, it's just little moments like that, that if you're really paying attention, like this movie, like a thousand times better than, like, it has any right to be. She's like, I didn't know what size to get, so I got a Magnum. Oh my gosh, I died. The way that she says it, it was just like, she was supposed to be complimenting him. Yes. It's just, it's great. She also refers to it as the balloon thingy. Mm. I feel like that, that one, the balloon thing, could have been taken out. Because this might get the same kind of... I mean, I know she is a child because she's 17. But I guess the way she acts, she carries herself so much, you know, so much kind of older, even though she's a spoiled brat. I don't know. I just think that part could have been taken out and the scene would have been much better. But it's still a good scene nonetheless. Oh, yeah. Now, the neighbor did call the cops, of course, when she saw Julie climbing up. But he climbs down and tries to run away and he gets tackled and accused of stealing. And then, like, things just spiral out of control very quickly and... Greta's screaming, the grandparents come out, and Gramps is not really helping. Gramps actually just tells Greta to calm down, go upstairs, and he's going to handle it. 
which he does. And then Gramps and Julie have a little talk, and they talk about Greta's dad. And this is when we learn that Greta's dad had committed suicide, and Greta walked in and found him. Mm-hmm. So it's just another layer that we find out about Greta. So later, Julie goes on a boat ride with Greta and her grandparents, and it's really sweet. Obviously, the grandparents are starting to like him at this point, which in theory, that should be a good thing. Like, Greta should be happy. But whenever Julie walks away to, I think he's like driving the boat, Greta, I guess, gets this idea in her head. You know, she's going to knock off this anchor into the water and tangle her foot up in it and get dragged down with it. And that's what she does. And really, she just wanted to create a scene. Like, she looked back at her grandparents and Julie, and she saw them being very happy. And I think that that was just a moment where it was like, wait, like, I need to destroy this happy moment because this isn't how things go for me. Right. She gets drugged underwater by this anchor, Mm -hmm. and we see that she gets very scared when she's pulled underwater because she can't, she's stuck. This is another masterful scene from Hillary. Right. And Julie jumps in the water and rescues her. Greta is acting, you know, hurt for a minute, like she hit her head. But then Grams, Grams has a heart attack. And one thing that I love is that Greta is the one who notices immediately it's like the focus is no longer on me. Let's take care of Grams, which obviously it has to be. But you just see, like, oh, Greta cares about her grandmother. Grams ends up in the hospital. And when Julie takes Greta home, he's like, I'm done. You know, this is too much. Because he knows that she deliberately did that. He knows that she deliberately did that. Yeah. And that's when he tells her that his roommate in Juvie is who his tattoo is from and that the roommate killed himself. While the grandmother is in the hospital, Greta finds an old love letter from her. And this is when Greta, we see, kind of really starts to have an appreciation for her grandmother. Grams comes home. She's very run down. She has, like, a a cane. And Greta, you can tell, feels something. And she's like, Grams. But Grams just is not, she's out of it. And this is when we see a shift. So Greta's starting to do nice things. She's taking flowers to people in the community. She plants some flowers for her grandmother that I think she went out and bought. And she tells her grandmother, you know, I'm trying to apologize. And then we get one of the best scenes in the movie between Ellen and Hillary. Yes. And Graham says, I'm fighting to save my life Mm. and you're trying to throw yours away. And we get this great monologue. Grams sees this old photo that Greta pulls out. And she's like, don't you miss that girl? Like Greta asking Grams. And Grams says, no, you know, I wouldn't go back because that's a different person. And this girl had no perspective on life. And she tells her every experience that she's had has made an impression. And you have no idea what's ahead of you. It's such an incredible adventure. And it's just, it's so good. It's so good. That scene, like, okay, you go back to when you watched it then and you watch it now and it puts everything in perspective of like where you were then because you know we were so young when this movie came out it just puts everything in perspective of how far we come in life absolutely no for sure like one thing I was thinking about was just that I definitely didn't think about when I originally saw this movie was like wow like life is going by so fast so fast and I've like lost grandparents since this movie came out so it's just I have too this scene struck a chord with me yeah that's probably one of the one of the best scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. Great, great scene. Uh things are interrupted though, because Greta's mom drives up and she's come to check on Grams, of course. And Karen is immediately trying to get Greta to leave and she's gonna send her to a boot camp, we find out. 
And there's a big fight over leaving. Greta doesn't want to leave. They are doing tug of war with the luggage. It, even in the brief time that she's in the movie, like Melissa Leo is great here. She really is. She really is great. I wish we would have got more scenes with her. Yeah, for sure. I mean, really all we get is this and then one other scene. But as all this fighting is going on, here's Grams on the porch, like telling them to stop. Thankfully, Gramps like drives up at this point. And he pulls out an air horn and just stops everything. And Gramps takes over. He's like... He's not having any of it. Yeah. He tells off the mom. He's like, this girl is not going to boot camp. She needs love and patience. And what's going to happen now? He says, like, Karen is going to stay with them and they're all going to bond. And we see them bonding and we see Greta is not the girl that she was at the beginning of this movie anymore. And at the very end... Greta goes back to the boardwalk and to the beach, and she walks into the water. We see her drop her notebook into the water. You know that she's going to be fine, but it's kind of like, hmm, maybe this is it. Maybe this is when she's going to commit suicide. It's very open-ended. But she does walk back out, and we see her put on some sunglasses, and it's like, okay, well, she's all right, and she's heading back into this new this new life in a way, and One of the final narration lines is, uh, it's not so bad here. And that's the end of According to Greta. Yes. I love this movie. I do too. And I've really only watched it a handful of times, but it, the impact is definitely there because rewatching it for this, I was like, oh my gosh, I remember this movie so well. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Like, I remember when it actually, I think it came on the CW at one point when I was in high school. Yeah. I remember being so excited about it coming on and I put on Facebook like everyone go watch according to Greta and then people like came up to me at school and said oh we loved this movie and I was so happy. Yeah do you remember so they showed on the CW doing on holiday week where they were showing movies like every night on the CW. This actually was the highest rated movie that week for the CW and all the tweets and I'm not joking, were positive. And they were like, we didn't know Hilary Dove could act like this. This is a really de- big departure from what she's used to. And I just wanted to ask you, like, from her teen movies and her teen roles, let's just say this my boy, I feel like Hilary really got an unfair criticism from the critics, from, you know, the haters, from the general public about her acting. And I really have never thought, you know, obviously Hilary is not Meryl Streep. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But people really painted Hillary with a brush that she wasn't a good actress when she was younger. Now, I feel like the tide has turned in the last couple of years, maybe like four or five years, probably thanks to Younger and some other projects that she's done, probably some of the independent movies that she did. So I just want to ask you, what do you think about her acting? Because I just don't see how people really consider her a bad actress, because I think she's actually really good and really actually underrated as an actress. I would agree with that. And as far as like what I think about her acting, I think that, you know, that was her first love. And I can tell that she's super passionate about that. And seeing her now on Younger, I'm so proud of her. And I feel like it's a chance for people to actually see like, look what this girl can do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like even watching Younger, because it's giving her material that we've never seen her do, sometimes I'm like, oh no, like is Hillary going to be able to handle this scene that they're giving her right now? And then she does. I mean, just thinking back, like, 
sure, there are some movies where I've seen her in, like, let's say, Material Girls, where I'm like, ooh, <laughs> girl. But yeah. obviously as a kid, like, I didn't think so much about, is she a good actress or not? Like, of course I thought she was a good actress. I just, you know, had this glossy idea of her that she could do no wrong. But looking back on it now, criticism-wise, it's like, I think she was great in these movies for what the movies were supposed to be and for what she was supposed to be doing. Exactly. That's my that's yeah. my thing. I think Hillary had this shift in her career where she wanted to focus on these indie movies. And that's kind of what we're talking about in this episode. You know, why did she do that? And I think she wanted to be taken seriously. And I think, like, right after Lizzie, like, she just wasn't in that mindset yet. Right, right. And also, I feel like a lot of the criticism comes from the fact that, really, and I hate to say this, but it's the truth, all her characters kind of, like, operated within the same world. Like, they were very good girls. All of these characters, like, are easily interchangeable. Kind of like how George Clooney is as an actor, even though he's George Clooney. Like, I read one time that uh, somebody said, George Clooney can walk from one film set to another film set without changing clothes and still be the same character. That's kind of like Hillary's characters were when she was a teen, or when she was doing all these teen movies. There was no variety, you know, in her character choices when she was a teen actress, or when she was doing these teen movies. She's gotten so much better, and there are actually layers to her that I think we have not seen yet, and layers that I wish she would explore in film and with her acting choices. I, I, she just needs the opportunity. She's going to need somebody that's like, you know, I always tell uh, the guys that Hillary needs. Hillary needs, and I hope you understand what I'm saying when I say this, a young person of color to take a chance of, on her, and she needs to show them that she's not just Lizzie or not just Hillary Duff, you know, a good girl, that she could actually has reigns as an actress. It's going to be somebody to actually, like, completely pull her out of her shell to show the world what a good actress she is. 100%. I'm there with you. No, but I'm totally glad you brought up this conversation. And to your point about how her characters were kind of the same, that's actually something that I think it was the Cadet Kelly episode that I've done where my guest was talking about how, like, all of her characters are the same, but yet Hillary brings something a little different. And, you know, I appreciate that. Like, even though, yes, these characters were very similar and their circumstances were all usually pretty similar, but there is something that is unique to each of them that Hillary brings. And so, in a way, it's kind of amazing that she was able to do that and get away with that and be successful despite, like, what critics were saying. I mean, she was a box office champ there for a little while. In a way, none of the girls, like the Selenas, the uh, Ariana's, the Demi's, maybe Sophie Miley, because I know she's had a few hit films. Even some of her peers didn't have the track record that Hillary had at the box office. Right. Very true. Very true. I guess just to kind of wrap up that convo about her acting, like, I think there's a lot of charm to Hillary as an actress, and I am with you on the fact that, like, there are layers to her that we haven't seen yet, and I can't wait for her to get these roles one day, I hope, I pray, oh my gosh, that she gets the right roles, and they're not just, like, these little indie films that, as Hillary likes to put it, nobody sees, which, can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> so Hillary doesn't have a good track record of doing indie movies, but there's nothing wrong with an indie movie. She can do an indie movie, and as long as it's the right indie movie, it doesn't matter. So that's another story for another day. We don't know what kind of roles to offer she gets, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, just back to kind of the legacy of According to Greta, it's now celebrated its 10th anniversary. It's a fan favorite. And I was saying, like, people have kind of discovered it through the years. I think it was on Netflix for a minute because I remember some people, like, even reaching out to me and they were like, Wit, we watched this movie According to Greta. And I was like, I know. It's good, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah. But I'm I'm super proud of her for this movie and this character. And I know it means a lot to her. She's talked about this being one of her favorite performances before. So I do wish that she would stop saying that nobody saw this movie or nobody saw her. I mean, that might be, that might be true of the other ones, but people definitely saw this and then they definitely loved it. So, yeah. We will move on now to a Remember When segment. Today, we're going to talk about her other indie movies. Definitely want to hit them up here. The first one, and this was kind of one that Oh, man, I did see this one. But War, Inc., it premiered May 23rd, 2008. Mm -hmm. Hillary played Yannicka Baby. And this was like a political action comedy film. And an assassin is hired to pose as a wedding organizer, I think, for this Middle Eastern pop star. But really, he's there to kill this Middle Eastern politician. And Hillary is the pop star. Big names in this movie, though. John Cusack is the lead. Joan Cusack, Marissa Tomei, uh, Dan Aykroyd, Ben Kingsley. But I did watch this movie back in the day. I was very curious. Oh my gosh, it's so weird. And like Hillary has these weird songs in it. And I'm proud of her. I know she was super proud of this movie when it came out. It was her first R rated movie. I don't know. What do you think of the movie? This movie is absolutely batshit crazy. Excuse my language. And I love it. I went back and read, read the critical reviews for this movie. And actually, most of the reviews were positive for Hillary. A few reviews said, you know, Hillary Duff proves that she's capable of handling serious roles, even though I didn't like the movie. I mean, I actually like this movie. It is what it is. It's very over the top. It's very weird. It's very, you know, messy. But I love it. Um, I hate it didn't get more attention because Hillary's performance is actually really good. Mm -hmm. Okay, what I really love is John's love for Hillary and doing the promotional rounds and doing the interviews. He spoke very highly of her acting, acting talent, very highly of her as a person. That's really what I love. And I think John really fought to get her this role and... He wrote this role with Hillary in mind. Keep that in mind. Right. If anything, people should check out this movie to see Hillary act. The movie is crazy and weird, but I, I love it because it works for the movie. Not the best movie, but it, it is what it is for the movie. And she puts a scorpion down her pants, So, which she said was a live scorpion. I think it was. Uh, Might have been. I don't know. She did some promo for this. Uh, she was like, I remember an appearance on Ellen and live with uh, it was still Regis and Kelly at that point but a few other things I wrote down like the name changed for this movie a few times it was originally called like Braun Hauser or something so yeah I a weird choice but you know she was fine in it I get why she did this like I understand why yes next movie here is called What Goes Up it premiered May 29th 2009 Hillary plays Lucy Diamond. This is a 1960s period movie. It uh, It's about a reporter who comes to New Hampshire to cover the Space Shuttle Challenger launch, which that's the one that, like, blew up. Right. And he winds up doing this story on, like, his friend who was a teacher who had committed suicide and then befriends the students. And, yeah, I know Hillary was one of the students. So cast-wise, here you've got Steve Coogan, Josh Peck from Drake and Josh is in this movie. Uh, Molly Shannon, another great cast, and I can't really remember enough about this one to comment on it, so 
What are you remembering, whether you liked it or not? Hillary does fine in her role. I think, honestly, she has one of her best moments as an actress in this movie. So I hate you don't remember if you saw it. Because there's this scene, Hillary just cries. There are no lines. She just cries. One of the best moments of Hillary's acting career. I'm just saying. Mm. Um, The movie's a mess. It has way too many characters. Take it or leave it. If you see it, it's obviously because you're a hardcore Hillary fan like me. But if you don't see it, I don't think you're missing much. But, yeah. Hmm. And also, side note, this movie was originally titled Safety Glass. Yes, Safety Glass. Yep. The next movie I have on our list is called Bloodworth. I did watch this one. I remember... And Hillary plays a character named Raven. She's pregnant in this movie. Bloodworth came out May 20th, 2011. And the plot is kind of about the singer who is returning home. And I remember this was kind of a darker movie. And there's like some mystery to it a little bit. We don't really know what is actually going on with these characters. But the cast here, Chris Christopherson, Val Kilmer is in this movie. And... I remember that I was excited that it took place in Tennessee and like I looked up like, oh my gosh, did they film this here? And I think they filmed it in North Carolina. Yeah, course, they did. They did. Anyway. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to lie. I watched this movie maybe once or twice and I can't remember anything about it to save my life. I mean, I know Hillary does a good job. I remember that much. You've used the word messy to describe some of these films and this movie was definitely messy. So Stay Cool is the next movie on the list. I think it actually premiered at a film festival in 2009, but the official release date was uh, September 26th, 2011. It premiered at the Tribeca Fan Festival, just like Warring did. Hillary plays Shasta O'Neill, and this is a movie about an author who comes home to give a commencement address, and he gets hit on by some students and, like, an old flame, and yeah, I am not remembering this one either. I mean, I definitely can see Hillary's character, like, and there's this gif that's always used where she's, like, making this face. But I don't know. What do you remember about Stay Cool? This is just a role for Hillary to look cute and be charming and hit on an old man. That's just it in a nutshell. There's nothing of substance. We can move on. Okay, okay. Um, Cast-wise, though, really quick, Winona Ryder is in this. Uh, Sean Astin. John Cryer, Chevy Chase. So, and sometimes I'm wondering, like, how are these other people getting in these movies too? Because why would they be doing these films anyway? I don't know, but yeah, this it's a good cast, but not the best movie. Yeah, the next one is called "She Wants Me," April fifth, two thousand twelve. I know you and I have talked about how like she had more of a cameo in this movie, but yeah, she plays Kim Powers, and like I think her scenes are on YouTube. I remember watching them, and it's like she's fighting for a role. And Josh Gad is in this movie. and mm-hmm. or, or maybe she's not even fighting for a role. They were going to offer her a role. And she's just talking to them about it. But I've never watched the full movie. I haven't either. Her scenes are on YouTube in a five-minute video. So that tells you all you need to know. We can move on. <laughs> all right. Next, we have Flock of Dudes, which premiered September 30th, 2016. Hillary plays a character named Amanda. I don't think she has a huge role in this movie either. I haven't seen it. I haven't either. Yeah. The movie's about this 30-year-old man who breaks up with his friends to, like, grow up. Skylar Astin from the Pitch Perfect movies is in this, too. And I just remember, like, Hillary posting that picture on Instagram where they were wearing the matching sweaters. Right, so. yeah. And then the last movie, I know you're not really going to want to talk about it. I don't really want to talk about it either. The Haunting of Sharon Tate premiered April 5th, 2019. Hillary plays Sharon Tate. This is, you know, about a real-life story. Uh, the Manson murders. It's 
It's a horror film. And I know a lot of fans have actually said that they really like this movie. And that's that's great. I'm glad that you did. I personally am not interested in seeing this on several levels. To me, I don't really like horror movies. And also, like, this just looks cringe to me. But, you know, if I'm wrong, that's fine. Like, if you loved it, that's great. I don't know why she did that movie. Like, yeah, you know, there's just some choices. And some of them you can see, obviously, on paper why they did the movie. But then others, like that, I'm like, girl, why? Like, I really think you have not worked, then have done this movie. <sighs> right. And then some of the clips I've seen have not been the best. And it's like, girl, why, Jesus? And the reviews are bad. The reviews actually are pretty bad for the film, but for Hillary's performance, they're actually pretty mixed. Some say she did really good. Some say she didn't do good. I just don't understand why she thought that would have been a good choice. That's my thing. She's barely promoted it. I chose not to, like, promote this one as a fan. You can notice when she posts the trailer on her Instagram, she turned the comments off. Mm. I have no interest in seeing the Honey Go Shantate, and I don't think I ever will. But if you like this movie, good for you. Yes, that's amazing. (laughs) It's time to do our trivia. And so, Quizzy McGuire. Okay, so here's the question. So during her indie era, Hillary was attached to a film she was going to star in, which was a remake of a 1960s classic. Oh. So <laughs> what is the movie and what is the role Hillary was going to play? Oh, obviously, it's the story of Bonnie and Clyde. It's the role of uh, Bonnie Parker. Yep. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to ask you that is because I think that you like really love the shade situation between Faye Dunaway and Hillary Duff. I do. But you know what? Granny Faye, as we call her, said she never said that about Hillary. Mm, okay, Faye. She said she never said that. Well, I still have a bad taste in my mouth about her. <laughs> but you know what I love? So Hillary and um, Kevin were still attached to do the movie. Right. And do you remember when Hillary, she was doing the AIDS walk or whatever in New York, and she did the lighting of uh, Empire State Building? Yeah. TMZ asked her... About the movie, because at the time she was still doing it, I think, I just remember Hillary saying, you know what, I don't think I want to talk about that, because I'm not going to get any more free press off of me, because I've talked about that situation enough. Ooh. Thank you. And I was like, yes, queen. That's a rare thing we hear from her. And I kind of want her, I mean, she doesn't have a reason to be shady now, because like... She's a mom, she's grown. Yeah, and over time, you're like, you know, people have... Like, even the girls who used to shade her back in the day, like, are now on her Instagram and on her, you know... So, it time heals all wounds. Right. I love that moment. But, yeah, that was the easy question, and I'm very glad you, like... Well... You, you should have gave me a harder one. I that know, was so easy. I know. Well, actually, really quick, we need to, like, talk about what Faye and Hillary, what their situation was. So, can you, like, recap what happened? Okay, so, basically, allegedly, because Faye denies this, she said, uh, when she heard that Hillary was cast in the Bonnie and Clyde remake, which, FYI, people, it still has never happened... She said, well, why can't they hire a real actress? Burn. So then when Hillary mm-hmm. was on uh, E's Daily Pop, or no, it was the Daily Top 10 or whatever, she was doing an interview with Michael Yo on the set of Ghost Whisperer. And Hillary said, quote, well, I would be pretty mad if I looked like that, too. I don't think my fans who are going to go see the movie even know who this woman is, unquote. Mm-hmm. She said it. It made tons of headlines. It blew up way out of proportion there where Hillary... 
was asked about it when she went on the Bonnie Hunt show. She was asked about it on the George Lopez show. Rachel Ray. Oh, yeah. It turned into this huge thing that I don't think Hillary thought about when she said that comment. Yeah. But I don't know if this is a situation that the press making. I think the press definitely blew it out of proportion. But Faye said she never said that comment. She said that's one thing that you don't do is comment on the other actor's ability because you never know what colors and, and, and ranges they can show. Right. So, but she said she said she never said that comment in an interview, and I'll send it to you eventually. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I think the main reason I brought that up as your trivia question because I was like, well, I want to mention this at some point on the podcast. I know that you've like tweeted about that before. That was a good one. I knew you would know it, but anyway, okay. What is your trivia question for me? So, when Dan Starr was getting ready to cast younger. He saw Hillary in this one role, and he knew when he saw her in the role that he knew he had to cast her for younger. What was the role that he saw her in that made her cast for younger? Oh my gosh. Um, was it a TV role? Was it a TV appearance? TV appearance. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Um, let's see. Was it Gossip Girl? No. Um, okay. Comedy. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. She was on Community. No. No. Um. She was on Two and a Half Men. Yes. Two and a Half That's Men. That's correct. Okay. Okay. Yes. Right. Because he said he said when he saw Hillary doing all this crazy like physical acting, he said he knew that he had the cast strong younger because she would do well in the role of Kelsey. Well, and it's fitting because she was a drunk on Two and a Half Men, and we love drunk Kelsey. So. That's very true. I never thought about that. So that maybe. You know, was where, and she got to work with Mary Lou Henner, you know, an iconic TV actress. Yeah. And she was reunited with Ashton Kutcher again. Yeah. And that was a good question. Great question. Thank you. Thank you. I got around to it, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Avery, this has been so fun. Thanks for being back on Duff Enough. Thank you so much for having me. I love it. I love it all. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And everyone, definitely go follow Hillary News on Twitter. I know you already are, but if not, then, oh my goodness. What are you waiting for? Thank you so much. And that's all for this episode of Duff Enough. Thanks again for listening. I hope you'll subscribe and stick around for more because this podcast is what dreams are made of. You can follow along on social media at Duff Enough Pod and check the description for my socials as well as show guests. And until next time, bye Team Duff. Duff.